Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Radical Compliance podcast. I am your host, Matt Kelly, editor of Radical Compliance. Today, we're going to talk about bribery and corporate corruption, but we are going to talk about how that risk can happen inside the United States rather than outside. Compliance professionals everywhere already know the challenge of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which prohibits companies from bribing officials of foreign governments. Lately, however, we have seen several enforcement actions involving companies bribing public officials within the United States. Uh, For example, Commonwealth Edison recently agreed to a $200 million fine and a deferred prosecution agreement for offering bribes to the Speaker of the House of Illinois. And just a few days later, federal agents arrested the Speaker of the House in Ohio for accepting bribes from a different energy company. The facts of both cases would sound very familiar to FCPA compliance enthusiasts, even though the United States doesn't have a direct Domestic Corrupt Practices Act equivalent at the federal level to the FCPA. So today I wanted to talk about how domestic corruption cases like that, how they do and don't resemble FCPA enforcement, and how a compliance officer can assess or audit your domestic corruption risk. Joining me to talk about that is Mike Brodsky. He is a managing director in the advisory practice at Deloitte, and he spends an awful lot of time advising compliance on issues like this. So uh, Mike, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Matt, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Mike, I suppose my first question is just how new is this issue really? Because on one hand, the ComEd and the Ohio cases do grab a lot of headlines. On the other hand, corrupt state politicians looking for favors from corporations. That is not exactly news. So what are you hearing from your clients and from others out there about the interest in this particular type of domestic corruption? Well, the, the worry level is real, Matt. I think in, in light of the, the recent news events, uh, I've been receiving calls from, from folks within the firm asking about this. And, and, and the answer I give them is, well, what we have to realize is the FCPA was on the books going back to the mid to late 70s. And we really didn't see an uptick in FCPA cases into the early to mid 2000s. Now, I believe in the last time I checked, you know, bribery is a felony in, in every state and under federal law. The, so it's just a matter of what level of of crime in by state uh, that the type of corruption you commit is. And there's various websites people can consult to see, uh, you know, in what state is influencing a public official a felony or a misdemeanor or a civil penalty or, or whatever. So it's it's nothing new, but it's getting a lot of attention and it's worrying a lot of people because it's one of those things that's out there that people really haven't paid a lot of attention to. And I said the analogy I used earlier is one I refer to a lot is, you know, people didn't focus on their anti-bribery and corruption compliance programs until the government made a big deal about it in the mid to late in the mid to late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And now I think what we're seeing is people might need to realize that because states are now focusing on this, it's something that their compliance program needs to focus more on. Walk me through that, because it seems that a compliance program to address domestic corruption, it should be a lot like an FCPA program. That is the same policies, the same procedures, controls and whatnot. Um, Is it really that straightforward that you can clone your existing FCPA compliance program for domestic purposes? Mm, I don't think clone is the right word, Matt. I think just like any compliance program, 
client companies need to, to figure out, you know, do a risk assessment. Mm-hmm. Where are your risks? You know, are you exposed to potential acts that could be interpreted as bribery or corruption from a domestic perspective within various states and local governments? Just, you know, as clients do risk assessments to, to determine how robust their FCPA, you know, monitoring and, and how deep their program needs to go and what their FCPA policies and procedures need to be, I think companies should do the same thing from a domestic bribery perspective. You know, have make sure those policies and, and, and procedures and monitoring controls are appropriate for the risk commensurate with the organization. Okay. Now, what about if a company says, you know what, we want to do an audit of our past transactions to see if we do have any issues here? Um, How does that work? How challenging can that be to audit your um, previous activities along these lines? I think from an approach standpoint, it's very similar the way you would do it for for the FCPA is I would start by looking at, you know, transactions related to, um, you know, consulting agreements, um, you know, legal contracts, third-party speaking arrangements, gifts, entertainment, travel, all the, the same types of activities. However, I'd also focus on, you know, what where you're doing business in the United States as well, um, where you're paying for lobbying, where you're paying for, you know, charitable contributions, where, where your employees might be making political contributions in the U.S. So it's it's a variation on a theme, but again, it's it's not that difficult to do if you know where to look or you know where you might need to look. And I just rattled off some of the places where I would look if someone were to ask me, Mike, you know, where should I start looking at my company's books and records? And then once you identify those contracts, it's the same types of themes as is what we're paying for value. Is it fair value? Is it success fee based? Are we paying market for the services? Do we know anything about the people that we're doing business with? Are they reputable? Where are we sending the money? Are we sending it to a bank account in the United States or are we sending it to some bank in some offshore, you know, entity that, you know, a jurisdiction that we're not familiar with? You know, variation on a theme of FCPA, but not 100% correlated. Let's say an audit does uncover evidence of an issue. What then? In FCPA world, we would be thinking through, do we voluntarily self-disclose? Do we cooperate? Do we go through all the usual enforcement channels we've seen? And what about the risk that maybe an external auditor or a regulatory examiner might find similar evidence of the issue? And then you're in trouble for keeping quiet. Walk us through some of the calculations a compliance team might need to make here. I think, you know, while not an attorney, I've done enough of these projects to understand the the, 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 the challenge companies have. Do I self-disclose? Do I not disclose? And a lot of it's based on risk. Mm-hmm. What did you find? How 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 big is it? Is it you you spent, you know, your threshold was $75 and you spent $100 on a ticket to an event? Well, that's something different than I just realized we paid $25,000 for some for a, a charitable contribution. And it turns out that the, the president of the charity is a significant related party to someone that we are doing business with. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's facts and circumstances based in a, in a risk based um risk reward based uh, construct that companies need to evaluate. Um, but yes, the risk is there that if you don't disclose, just like anything where there's a potential violation of a law or regulation, that if you don't self-disclose, you know, what the potential risks and, and benefits are from doing so. I suppose I should ask this question too. What's the actual probability that an external auditor or a regulatory examiner would come across these sorts of issues and then leave you on the back foot? There is always the risk that when an external auditor is doing their testing and they make sample selections or they're looking at, at transactions or they're looking at journal entries, that they pick one of these transactions and 
they dig deep enough to, to figure out that it was it's a potential issue. Uh, same thing with a regulator. The, the, it's always subject to that risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say a regulatory exam might be more um, directly able to identify that if that's the scope of what they're doing. You know, the, the, an external auditor isn't doing an audit to try to find um, a potential bribe. They're doing, you know, what an external audit is there for, for, you know, the, the financial statements taken as a whole are free of material represent, misrepresentation, compliant with, you know, the, the with gas. And they're yeah. going to do a gas audit. I mean, they're compliance with gap and they're doing a gas audit. Uh, whereas a regulatory exam might be more directly on point if someone's saying, we're going to take a look at your compliance with rule XYZ, which states you are not supposed to bribe somebody. Mm-hmm. And you know that is probably more of a risk than the external auditor picking a consulting contract as part of their testing of operating expenses or as a part of a test of transaction or test of details or a test of a control to find a contract and then dig deep enough to realize there's a problem with that contract. So my last question is this. Give me your sense of something I have heard from several compliance officers in the past that their U.S. employees do understand that the FCPA is a law to be taken seriously, but it can't happen here because the FCPA is about overseas and I'm in the United States, so I don't have anything to worry about. Do you ever hear sentiment like that, that this is more about complying with a specific law for overseas activity rather than anti-corruption generally? What do you glean from your conversations out there? I empathize with those compliance officers because in doing our work, I hear it all the time as well. When we when we ask the question, what are you doing about domestic bribery? What are you doing about domestic corruption? What are you doing about making sure your domestic charitable contributions are not going to be potentially perceived as, as trying to, to, to win influence for domestic work? Um, you kind of get the sideways head look saying, well, what's the law? You know, show me, point to the law. And then my response is typically, well, what state are you in? What state do you operate in? What state, you know, because it's a state by state situation, you can't say it is the FCPA is a federal law, so you must comply with a federal law. It's we have 50 states. We have Washington, D.C. We have Puerto Rico. We have all the the U.S. territories. And each one of them has a different law. So it is a it's an easy construct to explain to somebody. But the problem is when they have to fit, when they figure out they have to comply with 50 plus different anti-corruption laws and regulations on a state-by-state basis, it gets, I don't want to use the word overwhelming, but it, it gets to the point where like, okay, I get it, but I really don't think it's that big of a risk. And, and as you pointed out earlier, it's not like domestic bribery and corruption is something that just started, you know, a year, 18 months, two years ago. Um, it, it's very, very challenging. I think in the past, even before the cases you mentioned earlier, in, in calendar 2020, I probably had half a dozen clients when, when I brought this issue up to them, mm-hmm. them say to me, uh, yeah, I hear you, but not a big deal as far as I'm concerned. Risk reward, what's the risk that the, the, the state of X is going to cite me for, for something? Uh, I don't do a lot of business in that state anyway. Or, yes, we do a lot of business in that state. And, I, and you know, there's no way the state's going to come after us because we employ so many people and, you know, a lot of companies aren't considering the domestic reputational risk. They're well aware of the international reputational risk and, and the downstream in consequences if they don't comply with a law like the FCPA. But I don't know if it's as front and center on their radar screen that if I violate a law in state X, what is the downstream impact for the other 49 states in, in you know, the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and all the U.S. territories? Mm-hmm. Now, that's something that I don't know if that calculus 
has been a part of anyone's thinking that, okay, if I get in trouble as part of the FCPA, there is established consequences. You know, we, we've seen enough of these cases that someone were to say, well, if I violate the FCPA, what potentially could happen? You and I could rattle off all the different things that could happen. It's harder to uh, enunciate or demonstrate that same type of downstream impact on a domestic bribery case. So it's going to be interesting to see to happen with the recent news what the response is from, from corporate America as a result of that. You know, Mike, listening to your last answer there, I've decided I have one more question I want to squeak in. What do you think the appetite is among state attorneys general, local prosecutors, local U.S. attorneys to prosecute these sorts of domestic corporate corruption cases? How often are we going to see this sort of activity like we've seen in Illinois and Ohio lately? Matt, I think it's stronger than it's been, you know, given what's going on in the economy in the world the last you know, six months or so. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, we just had a headline case where a corporation paid a nine figure fine to a state. And if you are a state government, if you are an attorney general or a governor and realize that your state coffers are not as robust as they used to be because you're not generating the tax dollars and your state is in a, you know, suffering because of what's going on with, with the pandemic. And you're looking to say, well, how could I potentially get some money into our coffers, much like we saw with the SCPA, where one big case that was for, you know, a billion dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars begat another case, which begat another case. I can see within the realm of possibility that you'll start seeing states and local governments do risk assessments and say, what type of businesses do I have in my state that I could analogize to what happened in the Midwest? You know, what type of businesses do I have that might have the similar type of activities? Or we've been hearing potential rumors about people in our you know, state and local government being on the take, we should start looking at that. And if you think about it from a cost benefit standpoint, the cost of a state government or local government to undertake those investigations versus the potential penalties a corporation would pay, uh, I think it's something that's got to be on everyone's radar screen right now. It's it's almost, again, drawing the, the inference from what we saw at the FCPA, it's almost too logical to think it won't happen. That's why another reason why companies need to start doing their own risk assessments of these things, because you don't want to be left there saying to a state and local government, yeah, we haven't done anything. We heard about these cases, but we didn't think it was going to happen here. You know, the, the not in my backyard kind of a thing. I think it's a strong possibility that we could see more of these in, in the next six, nine, 12 months. All right. Well, Mike, that's all the time we have today, but you gave us plenty to think about, covered a lot of ground. So thank you very much for your time. Matt, anytime. Glad I can be of help. Again, everybody, that was Mike Brodsky, Managing Director in the Advisory Practice at Deloitte. He joined us today to talk about domestic corporate corruption within the United States and how that risk is and is not like FCPA misconduct. That's all for this podcast. I'm Matt Kelly, editor of Radical Compliance. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time.